don't have a hate this week. This okay. Month. But no, I do like have something I want to share. Mildly dislike? No, it's something I actually <laughs> think is a good, if surprising, message. Um, as you well know, I listen to older music. Yeah. Sinatra era. And I listen to Pandora a lot. And once in a while, it's rare these days, but once in a while there'll be a song I've never heard before. Mm. Which for, you know, people who are all dead and have a finite catalog of songs, it's rare. Unlike Tupac, who is dead and still does and not have a Well, he's a hologram now. He's transcended. Um, so I heard a song, bef- the, a Sinatra song I'd never heard before. And wow. I want to read like, you the lyrics. It'd be, like, it'd be like finding an episode of Seinfeld. Exactly, exactly. But not as cool. It's, uh, I'm looking, I don't see a date. Oh, 1963. It's from 1963. Uh, I remember it well. The song is called Wives and Lovers, and I would like to share with you the message. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will open the door. Don't think because there's a ring on your finger, you needn't try anymore. (laughs) I mean, already, right? Also, who's married to a little girl? Well, okay, I, I don't think that's... Yeah. Run to his arms... It starts out very wolf from Into the Woods. Hey, little girl. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you. I'm warning you, day after day, there are girls at the office, and men will always be men. Wow. <laughs> don't stand him up with your hair still in curlers. You may not see him again. <laughs> <laughs> and then the final it's, verse... It's a little insidious that it's called Wives and Lovers, too, because it's definitely well, uh, suggesting that... He's fucking women at work. The chorus I've been skipping is, wives should always be lovers, too. Mm. Run to his arms the moment he comes home to you. Oh, I just said that. He's almost here. Hey, little girl. Better wear something pretty. Something you wear to go to the city. Dim all the lights, pour the wine, start the music. Time to get ready for love. And... Also, black people shouldn't have rights. Right? That's what... Well, yeah. 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 And then Sammy Davis comes out and says <laughs> I just thought, like... Wow, this the message of this song, which which I assume was billed as like a romantic. I mean, songs are usually romantic and not advice giving, but it was like it's like, hey, married lady, don't frump it up because your husband most likely has a hot secretary and he will bang her instead. So, have you found the song that you're going to play when you and Rachel renew your wedding vows? Is that what <laughs> I you're think, talking? I think I have. Um, Does that? Yeah. Do you think that's his most misogynistic song? Because it wouldn't surprise Ooh. me if there are ones that are more. No, that could be. Okay. Well, but is it misogynistic? Oh, it's extremely misogynistic. It's not anti-women. I think it is anti-women. It's, no, he's saying like, hey. Hey, woman, your job is married, to stay at home and work and do things. And-, <laughs> and when your husband comes home from his real job where he's been doing hard work, you better uh, treat him kindly and do everything that he wants and be his plaything. That I would say. Is and misogyny. if you don't, <laughs> if you don't, you'll be stepping out. Else. Yeah, yeah, that's true. How is that not misogyny? Well, like, the definition of it. I don't know. I was going to try and think of some Mad Men reference, but he had a hot wife at home, and he still was stepping out. So also, I'd say Mad Men is very misogynistic. I mean, it. Yeah. You know. It I, embraces I that like times. <laughs> It was misogynistic, yet you still liked it. That's shocking. I know. I was listening, going like, is he really saying this? Yeah. Um, does it... I, I'm pretty sure I know the answer. Does it taint your your thoughts about Sinatra at all? Oh, God, Or no. something like that? No. I mean, it's also... It, what if he sang a song about, like, 
stringing up black people. <laughs> that might. Might. <laughs> <laughs> that might taint my image. Yeah. It's important so to know. you should do a little, like, uh, mashup song between that and Smack My Bitch Up by Prodigy and, like, see where they can maybe intermingle. Hmm. Maybe maybe smack my bitch up as a sequel, mm. like be, hey, it's an homage. hey frumpy bitch, <laughs> you, <old blue> you <laughs> didn't listen to me the first time. Now I'm gonna yeah. have to smack you up. Yeah, yeah. Maybe some rap it's, songs right there. It's not even that good of a song when you consider it's pretty the great. Catalog, I mean, but hearing the, uh, hearing the lyrics is pretty incredible, and I guess maybe it makes sense why you haven't heard that song before. <laughs> right? It's probably not in regular rotation play. Yeah. So it's yeah. You know, it's like the old Walt Disney super racist mm-hmm. movie or whatever, cartoon. The one from Splash Mountain. Or the one from which Splash Mountain it was like, came. Like Br'er Rabbit. Yeah, like Song of the South or yeah. something like that, yeah. They, they, they tried kind of... They dedicated a whole Disneyland ride to it, though. But Did they? Yeah, Splash Mountain. That's dedicated to... Well, it's based on it. Is it? Yeah. What about Splash... Like, in the my character, mind, like the Br'er Rabbit and... Oh. And then They're in there? Yeah. And then Did he it, create Br'er Rabbit? I don't know. I, I thought Br'er Rabbit was a lot older. And then at the end, it's everyone on a riverboat singing zippity doo and very... On Splash Mountain, really? Yeah. Have you been to Disneyland? Uh, it was a long-ass time ago. Hmm. And I don't really... Like, I remember the Splash Mountain being... It's just like a log ride. Yeah. Right? But um, there's like a little, you know, like all the Disney Disneyland, Disneyland yeah, rides. Yeah, like a old. story. Or, uh, Br'er Rabbit is like a eighteen hundreds story. Well, that's when they built Splash Mountain. Yeah, Song of the South. Uh, not great. Nineteen forty-six. Well, I think that uh, Zippity Doo Frank Sinatra singing "Wives and Lovers" should be the song of the North. The film has never again been officially released in its entirety on home video in the United States. <laughs> so yeah. Well, luckily in 2016 we've moved past having racial issues, and I'm sure that we could just ooh release it. Did you know that uh, Br'er Rabbit? Oh, this is a video game apparently, where Br'er Rabbit is voiced by James Avery. Is that Uncle Phil? It is Uncle Phil. R.I.P. Mm. Okay, I did not know that. Uh, UCSD alumni. Oh! Fellow Triton? Mm-hmm. Yes. Anyway. Let's get down to brass tacks. Shall we? Yes. Um, I, I received something in the mail uh, several days ago that I was very excited about. It was very thick. And it was the California General Election Voter Information Guide. Yep. So, even though this election is over a month away... Um, we haven't even had the first presidential debate yet. Right. It's time. It is time. Let's talk about these propositions, because there are, there are many of them. Our biannual... And they're interesting. ...review of yeah. election propositions. Yeah. I enjoy doing this, because it forces me to, like, think Learn about, about them. Yeah. But, so, uh, last night, I went over to Zach's house and, uh, drank a Bud Light out of my new beer cozy. Koozie? Koozie or cozy? I... I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know how the other half leaves. And talks to him about it, because the other half... That's the other half? The wealthy half. Okay. Who are drinking Bud Lights <laughs> out of beer koozie cozies. I feel like... 
the yellow house on the Sarawai has a share of beer koozie cozies. <laughs> you grew true. up around them, so that's, anyway. That's probably true. Um, so anyway, in talking to him, um, it was interesting to get his perspective as someone who works at the Capitol. Right. And has a greater knowledge of some of these um, initiatives, propositions. Was actually like on the floor when some of them were being discussed. Really? Which I'll get into a little more later. Um, and just his kind of first thought of it, I'm sure I'll get texts from him later after he listens to this being like, you totally misrepresented me. <laughs> I'm fine with that. Um, he actually doesn't like how many initiatives are on the ballot. I don't either. Um, why don't you like it? Why are there so many? Like, Well, there are more when it's a presidential election because yeah, more people more are going to vote. Right. But I don't trust the general public to make these sorts of decisions. That was his argument, is that... You know, legislators that are elected, they're the ones who are elected to make these decisions. So putting it up to the general public, the general public is stupid. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And so he gave a great example. He said, um, imagine that you, that in education, there was a proposition on the ballot that was going to determine what curriculum you were going to teach next year. Isn't there one? Wouldn't, well, not exactly. Or the manner in which you teach it. Right. Um, he was like, you know, that's something that should be decided by people who, that's their career. They're, you know, right. like, you're the ones doing it. It shouldn't be the general public that makes those decisions. So. And I get, I get that for some of these. Yeah. No. I, I don't like how many there are, and I don't like, I don't like how misleading they can be because yes. then I start second guessing myself. Like, am and that I falling was good to for talk to him. propaganda or the, because there's, ad there's, I saw there's, or? there's a couple of them that have, they're like paired up. Yeah. And it's like certain ones can affect other ones. And that to me is very right. tricksy, which there always are. I feel every time yeah. it's like, well, and if that one passes, then also this part, right. Too, or, and, or like if they both pass and one passes with a greater majority than right. this happens or something. So I also feel like these wind up being meaningless because they're either undone in two or four more years or they, or some like of them always, are meaningless. I mean, there's one that I think is completely meaningless. Yes. Um, there is, there's one that's not even a proposition. <laughs> right. It's, it's, yeah. Um, and, but there are definitely ones that are, but then like every time there's one for, uh, we're going to increase a tax by half a cent for transportation, or we're going to devote X amount of dollars out of the fund for schools, like every time. So like, what's the point of keeping voting for these? Sometimes well, they must pass. It's not they like do. they fail every time and they come back with the same thing. Well, like, that leads us to the first one, Prop 51, right? Okay. Um, and that is a school bond measure, general obligation bonds, which I was told are different from revenue bonds. And it was sort of explained to me how they're different, but I don't. It had to do with economics, so I don't understand. Yeah, I know. I get my, my limited understanding is that general obligation bonds, it's like these are things that are... Like, we're obligated to do them. Whereas revenue bonds are based on how much revenue comes in. You've already surpassed that. Yeah. So anyway. Knowledge and um, interest. Prop 51 authorizes $9 billion in bonds for new construction and modernization of K-12 public school facilities, etc. Right. This is, this is a must for me. This really? is like the most important one. I work at a dilapidated school okay that often has no working air conditioning or heating um the roofs leak 
ceilings leak sometimes when it's rained mm-hmm. or is raining. And the population in our school is rapidly increasing. Um, we had a meeting at the end of last year with the facilities people in our district, and they kind of went over these couple of different plans that could potentially happen based on um, what goes on with these bonds and bills. Because there's, lo- there's a local one, too. There's like an Elk Grove one. That's a Elk Grove, city of oh, Elk Grove okay. one that's not on here. Um, but basically, like, our we're jam-packed. We already have more kids than we can really hold. And we need a new school. And our school site is, it's nice, it's like quaint down the country, but it, it kind of creates a shit show because nobody can walk to our school. So you're not talking about like adding a wing of classrooms, you're saying like moving the entire school. Well, what would happen would be they would build us a new school. There is a site that's already set aside for it within the neighborhood where a lot of our students live. Wow. So they could actually walk to school um, rather than have to be bused or all drive like, it's insane. If you come to our school in the morning or in the afternoon at the end of the day, parents are waiting in line to get pick up their kids for 30 to 40 minutes. Wow. Yeah. It's a nightmare. And there's really, like, we've built this extra new parking lot and everything. There used to be a fire department building that got shut down or closed down, and they built this whole extra parking lot and everything. We're doing it as efficiently as possible, and it's still a nightmare every single day. So... O- opening this neighborhood school that's new and that could mo- uh, that could accommodate the size of population that we have is like an absolute need. Plus, it would ease those issues because so many kids could then walk there and so on and so forth. So, so I'm personally, all for that. That's what I. But do. I think that has a much likelier chance of happening from the local ballot measure than from this. Why do you say that? So when I was researching because mm-hmm. I did show prep, I read that. Uh, if this passes, it gives out the money based on a formula that's like first come first served and not need based. And so to me that, that means that wealthier districts that can hire consultants, which I say as a consultant that can come in and like do all this, because that, that's one thing that consultants can do is like come in and do something. It's, it's why you hire someone to put a new roof on the house. You could do it, but you'd have to do it after your day job and then right. nights and weekends and it would be a side project, but you could hire someone who it's their full-time job and it'll be done a lot quicker. Um, and who knows what they're so you're doing. So middleman is what you're saying. Kind of. Okay. And it'll be done a lot better um, because they know what they're doing because they do these all the time. So, so the advantage is to districts that can hire out to, to get these things and to get these things submitted in earlier um, and then reap the rewards. Okay, even if that's the case, I would still think that those districts would prioritize the schools within their district that had a greater need. Right? If you have a district, yeah. you know, I would, where, I mean, where I you have hope. brand new schools, they're not going to be like, oh, I'm going to give those rich, brand new schools an even brander newer school, right? Right. Um, I mean, I would say... Pretty much but, every I mean, district in our not, state has schools that have issues. From what I read, it's not need-based at all. So if you just said, I am the, you know, Bel Air school district and we need $500 million for us, then they would... Well, I'm sure Los Angeles Unified is going to get a big chunk of that money. Cause right. The so, well, so that's what I'm saying is I think that your... But Los Angeles whatever, Unified isn't going to give that school, isn't going to give that money to Beverly Hills kids. They're right. going to give it to... West Beverly. Yes, West Beverly. The, be- the better <laughs> school. So I said no on this one, like I'm, and I'm for the education things, obviously because of you. But this to me did not sound like a good one. And then also, uh, 
Governor Brown opposes it, and I well, know that's that he is fiscally conservative. But he is, and that's part of this thing is like it, it's putting us on the hook for the next thirty five years, right? But we're going to need it over that time. You know, schools aren't going to get. But don't I know, mean? Where else is that money going to come from? For to build to from build the last proposition we passed for giving schools more money, or the one about, Prop Thirty about protecting the amount of money schools get, or from federal matching funds. Like that, schools get a lot of money, but they need. And I'm, I'm not saying they get as much as they need, but I'm just saying. I think, you know, your argument is you guys need a new school and that takes money. I don't think Prop 51 is going to give you that money. I think Elk Grove Measure A or whatever is going to give you that money. I think Elk Grove, and, Measure, and I think Elk Grove Measure A is going to allow us to modify our school and put more portables in our school. Shouldn't the people of Elk Grove... Which I'm already in. I'm in a portable... to improve their own schools? They don't have the money to do that. Don't have the money to do that. Well, school. I mean, it's expensive to yeah. pay for facilities, to pay for teachers, to pay for books, and all you know, all the staffing and everything. It's. I mean, like half of our state budget goes to education. Yeah. But yet we're still in the bottom half of the United States in terms of per pupil spending. Right. So. Um. Yeah. You know, I I, I teach in a portable classroom. That has already been used at two other schools before it came to us. That's the situation. They wipe them down. I mean, it's like a rental car, right? <laughs> it's, it's like a rental car from it, 1982. It has those I'm driving, smoking signs. I'm driving right? 82 Mercury Topaz is what I'm driving. Um, and I mean, it has walls and a ceiling and everything. Yeah. But as our one of, the, one of my concerns with this is as our population increases, we're probably going to have to go to a year-round schedule. Because Elk Grove specifically is growing a lot now, again. Right. You know, went through that huge period of growth and then stagnated and now it's growing again. And... Why? Who would want to live there? Sorry. People who are transplants from the Bay Area that can no longer afford to live in the Bay Area. Mm. But, but still commute to the Bay Area. It's, Do we know anybody like that? Yes. It's funny that you say that, too, because also in my research it said enrollment projections have been flat. Or right. are projected to be flat. But yours is going up. I mean, well, I'm not saying yours isn't going up, but I think yeah, overall maybe it's San Juan statewide it's or something. But, um, but even if even if that's true, the schools get old, right? This, they fall apart. Things fall apart. You know that shit, right? Um, the center of your school <laughs> cannot, cannot hold. Exactly. Um, and so, so anyway, with the whole year-round thing, like, if our school has to go year-round... I don't see how that's even going to be possible. So the way year-round schools work are that it's not technically year-round. It's the track system, right? Mm -hmm. So let's say our school became a a school that had four tracks, A, B, C, D. At any given time, one of those tracks is off. And the reason they do that is so that you can have, let's say there's, let's say each track has 400 kids. So you no 300 kids. So you have 1200 kid population. So, you only need classrooms for 900 kids because one quarter of them are always out. Does so, that make sense? Yeah, but so no, like, classroom is, like, like you wouldn't have your classroom. You'd have so that's, a that's classroom. the tricky thing is that you, right. Well, what, how it usually works is you have, let's say we have three classrooms for the four teachers. Each year, one teacher is a rover. So I may have my classroom if I'm not the rover. But when I go off track, someone else comes into my classroom, right. and then when the next With person goes kids. off track, they go into that classroom, it's kind of a shit show. 
Um, and but what it means is, is this, they have to take their stuff and put it in there, and I have to take my stuff and store it somewhere. Right. We have nowhere to store anything at our school. But is this done? So when you're off, when your track is off, is that between years? No, you're off track like three times a year. So, so it's like you, you're teaching for three months or two months, and you're off for a month. So you clear out, a whole other class comes in, mm-hmm. uh, and a whole other group of kids comes in, mm-hmm. and then they clear out, and then you and the same group of kids return Come, and have to like reset on. everything? Yep. Oh, that is terrible. Yeah. But the problem with it with our school is, like, at a new fancy school where they have, like, our, our grade level would have a wing, right? And we have our four classrooms, and, like, there's an interior hallway with storage and, like an area for us to collaborate and our own like kitchen area. So we don't have to go all the way wherever to have our lunch. We can all have that there and yeah. there's a place for our storage. So when we have our big rolling cabinets. There's a place to put that now when you had to, if you have to have seven different grade levels, all track off, there's nowhere to put in. Well, and just the, like my memories of elementary school, if I'm thinking about the, the location or the classrooms, it's like of all, like the, the the board full of WoW cards in Miss Phelan's room and and the reading lo- like it's like the the decor and what was there like the personalization and touch and then when you get to college by the time you're in college every teacher's kind of a rover you're in this hall in this room right. and it's just a desk it's not your classroom there's not like posters on the wall yeah, yeah, or yeah it's like very sterile it's and because they're and, lazy yeah and yeah I don't like that yeah I think that takes away from the experience. So anyway, I'm just letting you know that in my specific position, and we're a poorer school, but we're definitely not the poorest school. You know, there's lots of schools that have it worse off than us. We would be in really dire straits if this didn't pass. I can vote yes. I would appreciate that. Because I don't care. And um, also, it doesn't election, directly affect The election me. day is on our anniversary, and so that can be like an anniversary gift to me. You and me? Voting that. No. No. I'm in it. Ours has probably already passed. Yeah. Um... Because it's not like a, you know, your property tax goes up or anything. Right. It's just we're going to buy these bonds and be sure. in more debt. It doesn't directly impact me. Man, if we take this long for every proposition, we're going to be here for a long time. Well, the education one is, yes, you're right. Okay. Prop 52, we will not take nearly as long. No. Um, when we were talking last night, so it was Amanda and I and Zach and Jill and um, our neighbor Wiley down the street, who is a, he's the one, they recently redid their house. They're like across the street and a couple houses over. Um, big house that he drives a Tesla. So jealous. He's like, um, he's a surgeon for like women's cancer. Mm. So I think he makes a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But anyway, it was interesting to get his position on this one because it is uh, a medical one. Um, this, there's a couple medical ones, right? Yep. This one extends indefinitely an existing statute that imposes, actually, I don't think he was here for this one, that imposes fees on hospitals to fund medical health care services, care for an uninsured patient, so on and so forth. Basically, it's just extending this thing that already exists right. and making the um, hospitals pay for it. And what's interesting is the hospitals are actually for it. Right. So I'm like, all right. And it has bipartisan support. Yeah. And I like looking to see the for and against. There's like one especially that, I, that cracks me up about the against, mm-hmm. um, like who's actually behind it. Um, but yeah, it's like, it's interesting that it's sponsored by service employees, international union, like union workers are against it for some reason. I don't really know why healthcare workers, but the hospitals themselves are for it. So yeah, I said yes on this one too. And my biggest thing was it said it's been renewed four times since originally thought of in 2009. Where did you do this extra research? I'm curious. Cause I just like did it law libraries and things. <laughs> When's the last I time mean, you were in a library? Not, certainly not the internet. Yeah. Um, yeah. Was there like a specific website that was just like, tell me about the I did a lot of it through the SECB. 
Okay. I would just look them up because I was trying to find the local, you know, impacts and things. Gotcha. Um, it's been renewed four times since 2009. So, yes, just go ahead and make it permanent. Everyone's for yeah. it. Prop 53, revenue bonds as opposed to uh, mm-hmm. obligation bonds. This, Zach had a very strong opinion on this one. Um, uh, requires statewide voter approval before any revenue bonds can be issued or sold by the state for certain projects if the bond amount exceeds $2 billion. So here was, here's my thought process. Let me tell you. One. Yeah, you tell me. Initially, I said, yes, this seems reasonable. Um, yeah, if we're going to go out bonds, just like the school thing, if we're going to go out after all these big bonds, of course the voters should have a say in before we take on the debt, blah, 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 blah. And one thing that I don't like ever is the con arguments are scare tactics. Like, oh, this could jeopardize your water supply, or this, you know, if you do this, your, your children will trip and fall and have abortions and things. Um, so I don't I like... when they trip and fall and actually have an abortion. I know. I, I, uh, so I don't like scare tactics on the, and there are the con argument. But then I crossed that out and I wrote, no, I'm going to vote no, because I don't want more propositions. Because basically this is saying anytime they need to right. do anything... They're going to have to put it before the voters. And then also, um, the governor, the lieutenant governor, the attorney general, et cetera, they're all opposed to it. Um, Do you know who's for it? No. Do you know who Charles Munger is? I've heard the name. Yeah, he's like a big Republican benefactor. What's the word I'm looking for? Supporter? Someone who, like, throws money behind things. Um, he's the vice supporter. Okay, I guess. <laughs> he's the vice chairman of Berkshire Hathaway. Oh, you familiar okay. with that company? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, and so he's like the super billionaire guy, and he's trying to like slow down these certain projects, like high speed rail and things like that. He wants to. Well, that is um, stupid. But... I like high speed rail. Why, why don't you like high speed rail? We've talked about it before, I'm sure. Probably because last time it came up, because Probably. it's who's going to want to take a train to LA? I will. If I can get to LA in an hour. You can get to L.A. in an hour. Okay. It's called Southwest. Okay. You've been to the airport before, right? Yes, many times. Even if you're going just from here to L.A., the process is going to take you a lot longer than an hour. Because you have to get there early, go through yeah. security, check in, wait for your plane, all right. that stuff, right? I feel like this, I go to the train station, I get on there, boom, I'm there in an hour, I walk off the train, I'm where I need to go. But cost-wise... If it, well, that's the thing. If, my understanding is that it will be cheaper... Than a flight. I don't see how. Because today, well, not even today, five years ago, a flight from Sacramento to Burbank was $74 or whatever it is on Southwest. A train ticket from here to Emeryville was like $45 one way. Right? And the the plane was one way too. But I mean, and that's on an old Amtrak current. But see, that's why I think it's more expensive. It's a less efficient system. Yeah, but right? I, mean, I mean, they use high-speed rail in Europe and Asia and all these other places. Right, but they're going to, I mean... Is it's it that they're be, more backwater than we are? Or it's going to be new. Their competition is going to be airlines, so they can charge higher. Sure. They're going to have to pay back. Isn't that going to... But isn't that going to make airlines have to cut their prices to stay competitive? They won't be able to because of jet fuel costs and things. Um, they're going to have to pay They'll back. They'll have to make electric airplanes. When a casino first opens, the machines don't pay. Because they have to pay off all the construction costs. So the, the rates, I can't see how it would be cheaper to take the train than a Southwest flight. But aren't options good? Is it better to have more options than fewer options? Isn't that the idea of capitalism? I'll tell you what. Markets? If it makes, if it is cheaper, and then all the like 
greyhound types that are currently littering the Southwest flight to take the train, and I'm still on the Southwest flight, then I'll be all for it. Anyway, anything that's pushed by this, like, huge money, you know, like a Coke Brother light. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, a Diet Coke Brother? Diet Coke Brother. Oh, that's amazing. Thank you. I, you may be, I, I, you're probably not, but if you're the first person to ever call this guy a Diet Coke Brother, that's fucking incredible. Well, we should Google that. Um, I'm going to trademark it. I hope this isn't like that Happy Endings episode where they're like, how are we the first person to ever make this stud finder joke about it? Yeah. yeah. Do you still have access to those? Had the the CDs, the DVDs? Uh, yeah. Nice. Um, okay, so we both voted no. We both voted no, that's correct. Good. Prop 54. This is the one I think your conversation with Zach should be good about. Yeah. This is also supported by Charles Munger. Uh-oh. Uh, prohibits the legislature from passing any bill unless published on internet for 72 hours before the vote. Yeah. This is something, so, he talked a lot, and I find this interesting. I think you might too, because... It might stir some of those West Wing thoughts where they're trying to like push a bill and they have to kind of package things together at the 11th hour, right? Mm -hmm. This is designed to slow that down. Right. And prevent, you know, it was interesting hearing Zach talk about it. He's like, you know, certain deals, they're like, they've been in the works for months and months and months. And then like at the 11th hour, people like get their shit together and like, okay, we'll make a compromise and do it. And this is designed to slow that down so that then big money interests tobacco, whoever, mm-hmm. can throw money behind it to try to, to, to fuck it up. Right. So, um, I was originally yes, and I am now no. My note says, IDFK, so I guess no. Which I okay. feel like is just as logical. I mean, when you read it, it's like, oh, they, these must be published 72 hours before. Like, that's, it all, like, sounds reasonable. But th- at the same time, text of the bill, no one's reading that who's not already involved in the passing right. of it. The average citizen is not going to benefit from Prop 54. And I, and I don't feel like... Even, so, and then one of the other things, I don't know if it was in here or somewhere else, but it was like, yeah, you, you know, uh, the legislatures decide they're going to support this bill, but then at the last minute it gets changed, but they don't go back and reread it and they still vote for it and blah, 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 blah. But like... We still elected these people to do their jobs. we got to trust they're going to do our, their jobs well. Is that what you're saying? That and publishing it three days before doesn't make them any more likely to read it. Like, right. It just means just trolls... lazy legislating. Internet trolls and, are like, oh, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, right. exactly. Yeah. I'm not for, like... A lot of these things just want to, like, let's just change this for no real reason or something, and I just don't get it. Okay. Prop 55. Yeah. Uh, four years ago was uh, a very important know. election. Yeah. Four years ago, Obama beat Romney. President Obama. President Obama defeated Romney in what seemed like a close election. Um, I've been listening to and watching some TV and stuff. Yeah, those about were the how. days when we were all like, oh, God, I hope it's not Romney. Right. I would uh, vote for Romney ten times over Trump. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, like, there's all these different measures where, even though, like, certain polls have said that things are closer now, like, there's all these areas in which Trump is losing by a greater margin than Romney did. Like, um, like college-educated white people. Romney was way higher than Trump is, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the other big thing that happened that night was that Prop 30 passed. Yes. And that basically, in my mind, saved my job. Because for the three or four years before that, every year I was getting pink slipped, I and remember. that made it not happen anymore, and that I was very thankful for. Um, this extends those effects of Prop 30. That's what 55 does. Well, 
Prop 30, if I recall... Extends part of it, not all. Right. Prop 30 was yeah. to, like, uh, earmark a, a dollar amount or whatever, a percentage of the budget that must go to education. Right. This was part of, I guess, how they funded that or something, which was increasing a tax on people who earn over $250,000. Yeah, and to me, that's one of those things where it's, wait, we're going to charge people who make a shitload of money way more than I do? Yeah, I'm in. Right. Right? Like, anytime it's people who make a ton of money, they have to pay more, I'm for it. Because it doesn't affect you. It it does affect me as an educator. Well, Um, but it doesn't affect your paycheck. Right. Right. And I don't think it ever will, because I don't think we'll ever make more than $250,000. By two, by, and I'm assuming this is household. Two hundred fifty thousand, uh, or not individual? Maybe. I'm not sure. Well, by 2030, which is 14 years away, mm-hmm. I don't think it's unreasonable to think that my household can make two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Spoiler alert: We don't today. <laughs> We're so poor. Are you marrying another woman? <laughs> Having a second wife? My secretary. If you heard yeah. from the Sinatra song, um, that I would. You know what? If if by 2030, I mean, I kind of know based on our pay scale where I'm going to be at by that time. Um, but, I mean, although there's always, like, cost of living increases and stuff, right? Right. Um, or adjustments to our pay. Um, if we're making that much at that time, it means Amanda's business is going very well. Yeah. And I'm happy to pay more taxes for education. But if you're currently in, let's Aren't say... Aren't you comfortable right now? Yeah. It's a little warm. Short sleeves are a good choice. A little warm. Yeah. Um, so if you're making that much more money, you can afford no. to put a little bit towards education. Your daughter's going to be in education. No, screw it. Your work. twin boys will be close to... Just kidding. My lovers? No. <laughs> um, I'm assuming you and Rachel are going to have twin boys at some point. No. Uh, what was I going to say? Okay, so, so if you are currently in a, in like a 28% tax bracket, you think it's fair that if you were to make significantly more that you should be in a 48% tax bracket just because you Is make that more the increase. I don't know, but that, that's, I mean, like I get the thing about, yes, people, people you know, if, if, if you're making $3 million a year and you have to pay out whatever, a million in taxes, which would be a 33% bracket, like boo hoo, you still have 2 million. But I, I think um, and maybe this is why my survey question aligned me with Bernie Sanders so much that it should be proportionate, right? That is the only way to actually have a fair share. I agree. And I, get, I, like, I like okay, the idea of a percentage. You, if you make twenty grand a year, then you're in a fifteen percent tax bracket and not a twenty-five or twenty-eight or whatever percent tax bracket. But I think that for anyone that's above the federal poverty line or whatever you want to use as your your demarcation point. So the prop... It should be the same percentage. It says, this measure does not increase taxes on anyone earning under 250000 To me, that phrasing means... Individual. A single individual. Okay. Well, it's Does that change your mind? likely I'll be making that much. <laughs> um, because that is a big difference, and I totally agree. Right. Like, you know, a, a couple making that much versus an individual making that much is a big difference. So my thing was, I don't like... Uh, Taxes that come on as temporary that become permanent. If you're going to make it permanent, just make it permanent. But it this, could be like oh, a trial. Okay. So this was originally <laughs> a temporary tax scheduled to expire the end of 2018. This would extend it to 2030. 
If we agree, though, that's the thing, right? It's temporary. Do we like this? Do we want to continue doing this? It goes to the uh, the general population to vote. But, I mean, economically, we're much better off now than we were four years ago. Certainly better than we were eight years ago. Yeah. Um, so I would, so, so my vote, I said, no, I said, leave it temporary, see where we are in 2018 and then react then if we need to, right? Pass another prop 30, but like, don't just extend a tax because it's in place and people are used to paying it. Right. I mean, like you just bought a car, right? I assume you have a monthly car payment. I do. Because you make less than 250,000. So I you do. pay cash for the car. I'm very happy with my car, by the way. What if once your car was paid off, the bank just kept taking $500 a month out of your account? Like, because you're used to it. Like, no, but this was a set. I agreed to a 60 month loan and at month 61, I should be having an extra $500 in my account. Okay. But on the other hand, if, if there had been this thing set up where it said, um, you know, you will continue to pay this in perpetuity. And I'm like, well, maybe that'll stop by then. And then the general population's like, well, if you have a car payment, you're just going to have that car payment forever. Well, then I'm kind of on the hook for getting that car payment in the first place. I didn't follow your argument. I'm not sure I entirely followed Okay. It reminds me of the the, the way cell phone contracts have gone to, uh, instead of like, you just buy the phone and agree to the two-year contract, they want you to just pay $30 a month to pay off the phone. But like, no one's keeping track of that, that I know of. If you had that type of contract. You're just assuming that you're paying what you're, you're supposed just, to be paying. You're just paying the bill every I feel month. like, yeah. I feel like cell phone companies must be making so much fucking money because, like, no one pays less than $100 a month, I feel like, for their cell phones, right? Well, uh, individually, I do. Well, okay. But, right. yeah, not for the family plan. Yeah. So. So I said no you're to You're not this paying one. $200 a month by yourself? No. Okay. So I said no to this one. I'm, I'm changing the yes on your 51, but I'm leaving my no on 51. That's fine. Our votes will just cancel each other out. That's, cool. That's right. Um, Prop 56. Okay. <laughs> I'm interested. Oh. Uh, cigarette tax. Yep. That's all I needed to read. I'm in. Yeah. People who smoke should pay more money. Sure. Yeah. I said yes. I'm proud of you. My, my lips you... are not virgin to tobacco, but, <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't consider myself a smoker. But I said yes. I said, yeah, sure. Make it more expensive. You know what that's going to do? I mean, we just upped the age to 21 in California. That's true. Make it more expensive. You... I feel like that kind of came out of nowhere. Don't you? Yeah. We didn't. We certainly didn't prop vote on it. I don't remember. Yeah, but, I don't think so either. Uh, make it more expensive. You'll have less less people doing it. Less smokers. And yep. what I appreciate is that it also applies to electronic cigarettes. Oh yeah, fuck those people. Is that does that include like vape? Yeah, people? that's what electronic cigarettes. Okay, are. good. Let's have less of those assholes <laughs> because it's uh, more expensive. And then I said, who cares? I said yes. I'm all for. I so we just got done talking about these things. It's like extending these tax. We're going to add a half cent tax through whatever. We're going to permanently increase tax. You, you know, you, you increase property tax. I have no choice, right? I mean, I guess I could sell the house, but I probably won't do that. Tax something people choose to buy. Agreed. I, people choose to buy cigarettes. I almost said I. I would never say that. Um, people choose to buy them. So, sure, increase the tax. Yeah. Maybe it'll get people to quit or buy them less often or what. I don't know. Right. But, um People I feel, like have that's, a I feel like that's a high increase, two dollars yeah, from a pack. eighty-seven cents to two dollars. How much does a pack of cigarettes cost? How would I? I don't know, like six or seven bucks. I, I honestly, I've never smoked a cigarette in my life. It that means I'm better than you. Uh, well, um, wait till we get to the pot problem. <laughs> um, the it varies. I don't. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I wouldn't know. I will tell you uh, on. I think at Indian casinos, they're significantly more. Uh, Native American casinos. Yes. 
Which I don't know. Native American card rooms? I don't know <laughs> how that's possible. How that's possible? How. I just want to say how in the context of Is that a Native American yeah. word? How. How, white man. Okay. <laughs> you lost me on that one. Well, I had to get my racist how? comment. That, is at, that, that seems like Japanese that's a good, or something. No, that's a good greeting. No, that's high. Now you're racist. Hi. Hi is American. Is Joe racist? Hi. Hi. <laughs> what are you doing? All right, Prop 57. Wait, why don't we uh, take a break? You think so? I need a refresh on my drink, and we'll okay. come back. Okay. And, and we're back! When we come but back, that will be a podcast. That will be another podcast. Hey, little girl, comb your hair, fix your makeup. Soon he will open the door. <laughs> 